This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know, Arthur Motes, I'm excited to see how these uh, these sports leagues bounce back, if you will. Uh-oh. From uh, just a, again, you remember last week I was the first person in America to use the word unprecedented. Yeah, I had never heard of that until you said that. In this crazy. coronavirus conversation. So this is so, like, groundbreaking. <laughs> Revolutionary. Like, every company in the country, you can send out a mass email and thank me. Oh, wait, you already did. <laughs> Uh, but not just bouncing back on a larger scale. How about on a smaller scale? Our Pittsburgh Stellars, mm. Arthur Motes. Two guys, I think, in particular that everybody's looking at. And, and I'll let you, if there's anybody, any other candidates that you're looking at, uh, I'll let you get into it. But I think the two big names, and it's because we've seen them do it before, and, they, and they've been huge parts of the offense and with some of the exodus of, of talented players that the Steelers have had as well, too, and, and namely one wide receiver formerly of this parish and one running back formerly of this parish. I think Juju and James Conner, I don't think I know, Motsi, they are going to have a ton of eyeballs on them, both obviously from Steelers Nation and just from the national football fan perspective to, to see how those guys are able to bounce back this year. Yeah, absolutely, man. Those two guys, I think, are 1A and 1B in terms of bounce-back expectations, in terms of this being a make-or-break season for them. Less about the contract element, but more so about defining your role as a professional athlete. Are you going to prove that you're superstar caliber or star caliber, or are you going to be the career, you know, Robin? Is that what you're going to mm-hmm. be? And that goes for both of those guys because they've flashed and shown Batman potential or shown star number one caliber potential, but they haven't sustained it. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing with them. But I think for me, those are my main two, but I have a dark horse candidate, and that's Vince Williams. Ooh. When I think of Vince, man, you look at what he was able to do in 2017 and 2018 in terms of his uh, uh, tackles. You know, 89 tackles in 2017, 76 tackles in 2018, eight sacks 2017, four and a half in uh, 2018. But then obviously this past year, it took a, a huge step back due to the lack of playing time because of Mark Barron and Devin Bush. But if all things are going as it appears right now, it's going to be a chance for him to show that, hey, I can be that guy next to Devin. I can be that guy that's not a liability out here, and we can definitely have success with me out here. I mean, because this past year, obviously his role, I think he played, what, 30% of the snaps compared to the years prior to that. He was at 70 80%. Mm-hmm. So I look at him as another person in that bounce-back vein. That's a good one. Those are three good ones, I think, as well, too. I'm going to throw Al Villanueva into this conversation Ooh, as well, that's too. That's a good one. I think, listen, we know that the struggles that the left side of the offensive line had last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive line in general – we all, and it's it's maybe with the expectation that they had set for us, right? Correct. We all expected more of them because we had seen them be so good, so elite over the prior three, four, five seasons. The left side of the offensive line struggled this past season. Uh, our, our our buddy Big Ragu is retired mm-hmm. and, and enjoying life on the other side now, doing some virtual uh, mini camp meetings, rookie mini camp meetings with the Steelers. Uh, I think whatever happens at the left guard spot, uh, you know, I guess, between Pounce and, and Villanueva, uh, whether it's Wisniewski, whether it's it's Filer, you know, whatever ends up happening there, I think that will help. I, I expect the left side of the line to be better. Mm-hmm. And and so I would say with that, I, I think Al Villanueva, 
again, maybe I think you could say this about about Vince Williams too, right? Like I'm not saying like I don't expect him to be an, an you know a, a first ballot Hall of Famer type you know season career, uh, but they've proven that they are 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 certainly capable starting players on Sundays in the National Football League. Uh, I think Big Al is again with kind of the remaking of the offensive line, if you will. I, I, I think him as well, too, now that we're kind of hashing through all this. Yeah, man, without a doubt, man, you definitely named some great guys. And when you're talking about the O-line and the expectations associated with them, I think that was – That's the, part of it. Yeah, that was, that was just the have such biggest high expectations, part. Yeah. I mean, this is six, seven years ago. We're not talking about them in terms of bouncing back. We're just like, ah, that, that is what it is. That's what we expect from them. Right. But now the expectation for those guys has changed drastically. And I think that's the biggest part when we're talking about bouncing back and we're talking about what is it going to look like going forward. Expectations are huge. When we talk about James, we talk about – uh, Juju, we talk about Vince, we talk about the old line, especially when we talk about Al. They all have done things throughout their career to raise the expectation. It's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they've done it well to the point where now we expect a right. certain level from them. And if we don't see that, well, now we have to have these conversations of, okay, well, what's going on here? Like, is it going to get back to that? Mm-hmm. Do we need, in the words of Coach Tomlin, do we need to go shopping? <laughs> it used to drive me nuts when you would say that. Do I need to go shopping, most? Coach, you, I know where you live. Like, <laughs> how you want to do this? <laughs> Who's going to blink first, Coach? I cut you know, my eyelids off. Right, I don't have eyelids, Coach, so it's whatever. <laughs> but, man, the expectation element is huge, and I think that these players, these guys, I mean, I could speak – because of my personal experiences with them, obviously we're all teammates. Everybody except uh, obviously was Nuski, he's mm-hmm. the new guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know him like that, but with those guys, they understand those expectations. They understand what is asked of them, and they understand that of lately they haven't produced up to the standard that not only the team and fans have set, but that they have set for themselves. I mean, these those guys we just named are some of the most competitive guys out. Yeah. They want to be the best at their position. They obsess over it. And when you see those guys in those particular situations, like how they were these past year, they know, hey, man, we, we have to really step up. And I'm anticipating, I'm leaning more so towards them bouncing back and having productive 2020 yes. seasons because of those things. Like I said, the contract is the, the icing on the cake, but less about the contract and more about the person themselves because money can motivate you, but at the same time, money isn't going to, get you through those dog day workouts. It isn't going to make you wake up every day and say, you know what, I really got to go work out today. Because let's be real, we've all seen money at some way, shape, or form. And money is all relative to the person in terms of, oh, man, $100,000 is a lot until you get it. Then you're like, man, half a million is a lot until you get it. And then you just keep going on and on and on. So all of those guys, they've experienced money. Money isn't going to be the only motivating factor. That's why I always laugh. People say, oh, he only did it because it's a contract. He's trying to get paid. It's like, bro, you have to have wanted to ball out before you got to that. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Like, Right. When, you can't just turn it on. Yeah, all of a it, it doesn't work like that. And I can speak from experience. Like, I thought getting money was going to be just this amazing feeling. You get in, you're like, I don't feel any different than when I didn't have it. Like, in terms of my work ethic. Right. Like, Maybe because, some of those those life stresses, right? right like right. worrying about bills or taking care of family goes like, away. But like in terms of cool. your career, right? In terms of my motivation it's to work still out every day, vision. 
Like, I signed my deal, and I still went worked out the same day. Like, and a lot of these guys are in similar positions where they did that. Signed deals, <laughs> showed up to training camp practice. Remember, yeah, remember yeah. Joe, Joe Flacco signed that deal, you know, right after the Ravens won the Super Bowl that made him the highest paid player in football, and he went to practice and then went to McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, like, that, was his, that was his celebration. Like, the, the money, yes, it, it feels great to have, but it's not going to – change how you work in terms of oh this makes me more motivated to show up this makes me i want to work even harder because i'm trying to get paid this year like bro you you if you really were trying to get paid you would have been doing this prior to this year for years right you can't just turn it on it's not how it works because there's no such thing as an overnight success it's it's not particularly in in, in definitely not not you have to grind not in this industry that you and i are doing either with the microphone i think some people they see Oh, that guy blew up overnight. Yeah. Ten years. They see a Colin Cowherd, right? right. That guy blew up overnight. Yeah, like you realize they won't tell you is that Colin Cowherd <laughs> yeah. was showing up to that radio station in Port- on, Portland, man. Oregon for ten years exactly. every day working ten hour days. Like, Portland, Oregon, the one of the smallest media <laughs> yeah. markets out. Yes. And he was dominating it. Yeah. But that's just how it is, man. It, or I, I always laugh in the in the music. He didn't industry. all of a sudden go, Oh, well, I got my one contract here here to make it to ESPN, yeah. to make it to Fox Sports. Like, you gotta grind to get there. It, it takes time. Yep. And a lot of people they want a marathon's worth of results, but only in a sprint's worth of time. Oh, I like and that. And that's not I'm how it works, that man. In the like future. you it takes time to get these things. Like anything that's worth it, it takes time. It takes effort. And I always tell people, man. A lot of times, the journey is more important than the actual finish line. Like once you cross that line and you get that check, it's cool, but it does. It, it's not going to have that same type of fulfillment to you as 100%. the journey itself, the ebb and flows of life. You know this. I, I'm sure our audience knows this. I'm not breaking any news. Any you talk to any famous musician, they'll tell you it's never as good as when you're coming up. Oh no, no question. You talk to no any question. famous band, any famous rapper, any famous artist, musician. I, I don't care. They will tell you nothing's as much fun as when you're because co- when you're on top, it's great. Yeah, but nothing's as much fun as getting there. Absolutely. I mean, shoot, you, you even got to embrace that. You, you even hear it with, with football players, man. Their best times when I was in college. Yeah. It was so much fun. We were grinding. Right. It sucked. Right. We were poor. We were just barely making it. You get to the NFL. I mean, of course, it's nice to be on top to have the fanfare and the money, but. There's a lot the, of other stuff that comes with that. So much that comes with it. So much <laughs> of the headaches, man. Like it's just different. Like when you are on that grind, when you're just trying to get there, and you're just like, yo, I gotta get there. Like I'm putting it all on the line for this thing. Like who knows? I might fall flat on my face. Many have come and many have failed. Hmm? But it's something about just going through it, man. That it just hits different. It's a, you're so right because then once you're in it too, it's easier to start complaining about things or nitpicking this, and it's the whole kind of the grass is always greener, right? Always, <laughs> yeah. always. That's I, I graduated from college in 2012, right? And I wanted my 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 dream was to be the voice of a hockey team, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so from 2012 till I got the job as a hockey broadcaster in 2015, for those three years, that's all I was focused on mm. was tunnel vision. Was what can I be doing? Yeah, I was I was working at a TV radio. I was working right. at a TV station as a television reporter. But what can I do to to get a job? You know, get a salary paying job as Absolutely. a as a hockey broadcaster. And then when I finally get it, it's amazing and I love it. But it's like, oh man, this is really stressful. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta drive. I gotta, I gotta take sixteen-hour bus trips all across the Midwest Dude. and all this stuff, right? But the grind of getting there was—that's the best, and that's what you, man. you got to embrace it. And the ones who truly love it, right? That's easy to embrace. It is, man. It absolutely is. And that's when you get that, like that type of with the Michael Jordan talent is when you get those type of oh, yeah, people, that, that's the when Colin Cowherds, yes, the people who have the talent and they grind and and, and just the ultimate like love for what they're doing yeah 
Because it's plenty of times like you question if you love it. I mean, you listen to any professional athlete and you ask them about, you know, when did you really know? And it's always going to come down to some, man, I, I felt like it was over. I was either dog tired, I was just got cut, or I was hurt, or something like they were super low. I got passed over right. in some evaluation camp. <laughs> and, and, and then they're like, man, but I had to ask myself, is this really what I want to do? And then from there they said, yeah, and then the rest is history. But any player will tell you, like, you have, especially the successful ones, you have to have just that unwavering love for what you are doing to be successful in it because there's so much adversity, there's so much headaches that come with this. And it's funny, man, people always associate, I mean, we talk about this all the time, just in life in general, people always associate money with happiness, money with, yeah. oh, you get money, everything, every problem goes away. That's not how it works. In fact, the one money you get, the problems and, and <laughs> more money, stuff more problems. amplifies. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. But it's just one of those things, man, it's, it's always different when you talk perspective, like, People just will put a dollar amount and say this is everything will be taken care of. I have that. But just remember this, man. It's always somebody on the opposite end, too, man. So the person that makes 50000 a year that thinks, man, if only I made $100,000, that would be good. It's a person making 10000 a year that's saying, if I got fifty a year, man, like I would be in heaven. Right. That is just always there's some there's some single so there's man. some single parent who's working two jobs right Absolutely. now making thirty five grand a year that they're saying man if I could make a hundred grand a year are you man, kidding me what like yeah. I would never complain so it's always relative in terms of money and I think that's always the biggest thing that I always try to like tell people when we have these conversations because a lot of times they say hey man I don't want to hear athletes complain I don't want to hear this it's like dude it's all relative the money is relative. Yeah. You talk to billionaires they're gonna have similar things that they you think Mr Rooney doesn't have things that he stresses over. You don't think Mr. Rooney has things that he's like, dude, how do I figure this out or that? Like, dude, just because the dollar amount, trust me, it's a lot that comes with it, man. Yeah, because a, a, a lot of times, right, the people that are in those positions, like a Mr. Rooney, they've got more. All of a sudden, you're worrying about the people who are depending on yes. you, right? It's it's a little different when it's like the college mentality where it's just you and your buddies mm -hmm. and you're grinding. It's now all of a sudden you've got people that are depending on you. You've got family that are depending Absolutely. on you. Those, that's where the the more responsibilities, the Without more. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, you think about <laughs> I mean, shoot, right now, who I depend I mean, who do I have to, to make sure I'm taking care of my wife and my children? I mean, Mr. Rooney, yes. Wife, children, grandchildren, team, grandchildren, yeah, teams, team. families, their children. Like, it's a lot. All the people that are employed around <laughs> yeah, the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's a lot of responsibility. That's a lot of responsibility. No doubt. No doubt about it. But shout out to Mr. Rooney, man. Oh, he, absolutely. Shout out to him, baby. Absolutely. So let's <laughs> let's get back into kind of the the bounce back where we started with this segment. Uh, and I want to talk particularly about those four guys, how, mm -hmm. how, what it looks like for their bounce back season. We'll get into that next, as well as your tweets. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Bounce back 2020. Time out, time out. You're not about to just go like that, man. We got to shout out the DJ here, man. <laughs> shout out to DJ Wesley Euler on the ones and twos. That boy cutting up here acting a fool. He's acting a fool, ladies and gentlemen. This is how you bring us back from the break right here. This is how you do it, Wes. That boy got the... Wagga, 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 wagga. 
You know, I would always. Oh, I'm trying to talk. I'm What's just the man? I just I, I couldn't let you just you doing everything right now, man. So, you doing everything. I can't let that go unnoticed, man. I know the listeners they can't see this right now, but man, you are in here like DJ Clue. We gotta get a we gotta get a GoPro. Going. Gosh, I listen, Motsi. You know, growing up, I knew you know with, with my father being a violinist, mm-hmm. like I I wanted to do something in the entertainment realm, right? Yeah. I didn't want a nine-to-five office job. Like, I wanted to do something in the music world or in the sports world. Or There was even, like, a, a year of my life where, like, I thought about being, you know, like, going to culinary school and being a mm. chef. I think we all went through that phase. I, I actually signed up for the Art Institute one time. Did you? Yes. This was, like, like probably, it. like, my junior year of high school. Okay. I was contemplating, like, because I didn't get my first scholarship offer until the, like, end of my junior year, like, that summer. And during, literally during the fall... I had got one of those little Art Institute Culinary School <laughs> pamphlets, and I was like, you know what? Let's sign up for this, this thing. Like, I like to cook. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. My uncle's a chef. Like, yeah, this is fun. My my yes, my bro. senior year of high school, and looking back on it, it was brilliant. Uh, my mom started making me, you know, do adult things my senior year of high school. So, like, I had to do my own laundry. You know what I mean? I had to. <laughs> I know that's like a goofy way to say that. My mom started making me. <laughs> My mom started making me be an adult. Oh, I had to do adult things. I had to do adult things. What? She made me pay taxes. I get a 401k. And, uh, all of a sudden, they're repairing new balances in the garage. Oh, man. It's cutting the grass. <laughs> I was doing that since I was like 13. I was always cutting the grass. But more so, my mom wanted me to learn how to live by myself. Right. I think that's the better. You know, like Absolutely. you're going off to college. More self-sufficient. Like, yes. Yeah, you got to be self-sufficient. So my senior year in high school, my mom made me start doing a few things like I had to start doing my own laundry you know stuff like that one of the things was one day a week I had to cook dinner you know for the fam- for myself and for the family I had to mm-hmm. cook once a week and yeah I was like you know what this isn't so bad like culinary school this could be fun <laughs> but I used to always joke right Motsi that this is where I'm going with all this and I, I promise there's a point here there's a punchline there's a story um I used to always say, right, the only thing that I like more than sports is music, and the only thing I like more than music is food. That was always that was always like my my joke growing up. Yeah. But I kind of I think I found a, a, a job here in industry where I can combine all those, right? Because I can I can DJ our music coming in and out of the breaks. Yes, I can bro. still do the sports talk radio thing, and you know, normally during not a pandemic, there's just food here at the station or food down at the Steelers complex all the time. I don't know. I think I combined the, those three worlds pretty well here. Hey, man, I have to agree, man. I think you've done a phenomenal job, man. You're executing <laughs> seamlessly right now, man, through it all. So keep up the awesome work, my brother. Hey, so let's have a seamless transition here back into our bounce back conversation. Let's start with Juju. Let's start with the Juju on the beat? Let's start with the lit one, you know, other than our, our dear friend Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca is always the littest of the lit. Okay, so the second littest of the lit, mm-hmm. <laughs> Juju. Uh, Perhaps the most popular of the popular here in Pittsburgh. Is it as simple as, man, it was a lot of moving parts last year, right? Uh, not so great quarterback play. Big Ben goes down six quarters in the season. There's injuries to the offensive line. There's injuries to the running backs. There's injuries to the wide receivers and Juju as well, too. Is it as simple for you as a lot of moving parts last year, just get back on track this year? Or there, is there some other minutia there that you're, you're looking at for Juju as well? Man, I think for Juju, it's a lot of minutia. Um, when I think of him and his season, I can make the argument in terms of why you should be optimistic for him, and that's the side that I like to lean towards, obviously because of my personal relationship with him. 
But then at the same That's time, just the type of guys we are too, you know. But then at the same time, I can make the the uh, uh, argument in terms of why you should be questioning and doubting some of the things that he's able to do going forward. But when we talk about from a positive standpoint, the reason why I'm optimistic about him is I say, look, man, first off. The accuracy that's associated with Big Big compared to what you saw with Mason and Duck was a drastic drop-off. That was number one. Number two, when you talk about the fact that he had to adjust to not only the quarterback play, but going from A.B. taking a lot of that attention to now he's the guy getting that attention, that's different. And it's no different when I think of pass rushers, right? If you're going against the right tackle, it's a little different than when you're going against the left tackle. So if you're Juju and you've been going against the number two corner, the number three corner, it's different when you're going against the number one corner. So those are some of the things that I think of like, hey, man, that's an adjustment period. It takes a little bit of time. And then you're doing that with a carousel at quarterback Mm -hmm. along with having injuries that you're playing through. It's a lot that goes into that. And I think we can all agree also that because of the way the season was going in terms of wins and losses – it got magnified. If the Steelers were winning or were, you know, constantly two, three games above 500 throughout the whole season, or even if they make the playoffs, I don't think people would perceive Juju's season as a failure like how it was this year because the team didn't win, because the team didn't make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, you're looking at Juju and you're saying, man, in spite of the injuries, right. he still found a way to produce. Right. In spite of the crazy quarterback play, he still found a way to be there for his team. In spite of this, you know, A.B. not taking the attention, he still found a way to contribute to the team. wasn't the most productive year, but the, but but the team still it. did well. And, and, yeah. and they still made the playoffs yeah. with Juju. I think the whole narrative would be different. It's a great point. But because they didn't make it, obviously now you point to, okay, well, why is that? Ben Roethlisberger being hers, the low-hanging fruit. We've talked about that till we can't talk about it anymore. So now what's the next thing? Oh, let's get creative. Put it on Juju. Put it on James Conner. Put it on this person. Put it on that person. When I personally, I, I, obviously Juju played a role in that, but I don't think he deserves some of the criticism that he's received in that regard. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. So that's why I'm more optimistic about him. Now, for the people that play devil's advocate, yeah, you could sit here and say, well, he wasn't the only receiver out there that had to play with the bad quarterback play. You look at Deontay Johnson and James Washington's numbers, they were successful. They were productive. So you, you could point to that when you want to still point to some of the the ball security issues mm-hmm. that kind of re-arose some of the, the routine catches that right. turn into drops a little bit. People could point to that. But for me, I look at all of it as one of those slippery slopes. I mean, you have one or two bad things, and it kind of just avalanches and becomes a little bit bigger. Mentally, you're dealing with a lot of stuff. I mean, you think also he was dealing with multiple people that had passed away. Yeah, you know, in terms I mean, of his lot. position coach, and then um, a lot going on, and then uh, obviously the uh, the the young rapper that he was pretty close with, mm-hmm. and everything like that. I think uh, Juice World, that's his name. Yes. So when you think about the two people that passed away, for, like in a short span for him, that also plays a role and a factor into it. And that's on top of you receiving criticism every day because you like to play video games <laughs> <laughs> and you like to go out on the weekend when you're off. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> is this for real? Yeah. Like, uh, it's, so, <laughs> it's a lot that that young man went through last year. So for me, that's why I'm erring on the side of I think he bounces back because you're not going to have too many years where you have so much negative happening around you. That's rare. Like, it, it doesn't yeah, it's, happen it's a great point often by you. like that. Everyone brings up the Ben thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, for good reason. 
But yeah, they don't they don't mention the it was also happening during his first year going from the number two to the guy. Yeah. It was also happening in a <laughs> year, as you, as you mentioned, where he lost his wide receiver coach and, and somebody in, within the entertainment industry that he, that he was, was very close, close with. Yeah. with. I mean, shoot, when, when Juice World came and performed, he brought him on stage. He brought him on stage, yep. Uh, you, and then you combine those things, right, with shortcomings in the run game, other injuries to the tight ends and the wide receivers, mm-hmm. and, and the offensive line. Yeah, I mean a, a lot of minutia, a lot of minutia, and a lot of big, you know, like things that are very obvious there as it relates to Juju. And I'm with you too. There's certainly plenty of things you can play devil's advocate with. Yeah, you definitely could. And you just laid out some of them there. But I'm going to err, particularly for a guy that's still as young as he is. He's 23. You realize he's younger than uh, I want to say Joe the Burrow, rookies. Yeah, think, Joe right? Burrow. Right. Yeah. He's he's younger than Joe Burrow. Like that's crazy. Him he's and Lamar our, he's Jackson to, are both he's going younger. to year yeah. four. He's going two, into year four. Two of the guys that have gotten gotten criticized the most this offseason in football circles, Lamar Jackson mm. and Juju, they're younger than the dude who was just picked first overall. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but then I even – I take it a step further when I think of Juju, though, and how people have made a big deal about his lack – or his dip in productivity this season. I say, man, we always talk about how great A.B. was. Have you ever looked at A.B.'s numbers when he didn't have Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback? Mm-hmm. It was not the same. He hasn't caught a touchdown pass from any other quarterback. One. I think he has because one. he got the Tom Brady yes. one. He got the, the, Tom, the Tom Brady, Brady one that, this past year. Thank you. In garbage time against the Dolphins. <laughs> right, the Dolphins. But when we're, when we're looking at his career as a Steeler, he did not have a touchdown pass from any other quarterback. Not Landry. Not Vic. Not I mean, Vic. The, the list goes on and on. Whoever not you, Chuck. Whoever else you want to name. Not Dobbs. Uh, who, who else is the quarterback then? Yeah. I feel like those are probably the four that have played that have played the, the most AB for him. Era. Yeah, because there's been other ones, but I don't know if they aligned with AB. Yeah, but you think about that, man. It's like, dude, and it wasn't like it was one game. Like Ben has missed multiple games throughout his career. Mm-hmm. AB has had multiple games with different quarterbacks, but it's hard when you don't have that same level of accuracy, <laughs> that same level of Hall of Fame caliber camaraderie play too. Like, it's different. Yeah. So I think all of those things factor into this reasoning in, in terms of why I err on the side of I think he does bounce back because he's not going to have to deal with all those things. If Ben comes back and he's 80%, that's still way better than what he was dealing with last right, year. Right. I think so, too. What say you on Twitter, at Wes Sealer, at body 52 Dubai. An hour in the books. We'll talk, continue talking this conversation when we return as well as get to some of your tweets. We got some big Ben tweets. Uh, and we even got some uh, some smoker, cooker, mm, grill tweets here, here as well, too. So we'll get into all that in the second hour. One hour of the books, another hour to go. Come back with us inside the electric factory. It's Euler Remotes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Fantastical. Well, that's good. Euler Motes with you here. Hour number two inside the Electric Factory. Ian's already know the drill. You want to chime in? You can do so on the dot com, the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. Where, all right, we got to talk about what's going on here on the dot com real quick. Uh, if you missed it at the beginning of the show, if you're just joining us, uh, Motes and I were discussing, you know, some quarantine activities and things like that. And I confessed to Motesy how... I've been researching smokers for the last two weeks mm-hmm. because every Saturday I'm sitting around the house with nothing to do, and I'm like, man, I could really throw a brisket on right now. I mean, that would be fantastic. You know, some spare ribs would be fantastic Can't right go wrong now. Can't with that. Even some smoke wings, baby. Oh, 
Stop. Yeah. See, now you're just, I'm about to stop at Ace Hardware on the way home. And uh, so we, I, you know, I solicited, if you will, asked some people for their recommendations. And uh, Lost Soul 007 says, Traeger Cooker with digital readout is the best, in my opinion. Mm. I keep, I keep, everyone who, who does this kind of thing, Motsi, tells me you got to have the digital readout. It makes it so easy. That's what I hear. My boys, they, they swear by it, it, man. Just set it and let it go. <clears throat> then our buddy David, the Photoshop king, photoshopping pictures of you and I both. That, yeah, that <laughs> killed me, bro. Gosh. I've got a, it looks like half a dozen beers strapped to my chest, which is very, <laughs> which is very mountaineer on brand. <laughs> Moats is wearing a nice polo. It looks like, is that a, I can't tell if it's a turkey or a chicken on the grill, but it's nice and nice and seasoned up. Yeah, baby. Yeah. We're just, we're just rolling along here, having some fun. Uh, for those of you two who missed it on Tuesday or at the top of the show, Arthur Moats next week, we're fully back in the saddle back back every single day five days a week noon to two you can hear mozi and i right here on steelers nation right that's more than they give us during the season yeah you usually gotta take tuesdays off yeah <laughs> man i'm looking at this picture again man this is very accurate of me you know how many times i've cooked and i smile when i look at my food <laughs> oh you have to right i smile every time yeah you did that there boy it's a labor of life you did that there <laughs> but anywho but anywho but anywho I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I just, you know how it is. Morgan makes fun of me legitimately because, like, when I grill, especially steaks, mm. you got to take them off the grill and you got to let them sit for like five minutes yeah. and just look at them. Don't touch Absolutely. them. Can't don't touch poke it. it. Don't cut it. But actually, it. that's a part of the cooking process, though. You got to let You're the right. meat come to rest. You're so, right. Absolutely. Especially like in this conversation of like smoking. You know, mm -hmm. like yes. Like my buddy who does pork shoulder every weekend, he lets it sit for two hours after yeah. it's done. Yeah, you're not supposed to chop into that thing, right? A lot of people think like, oh, it's off. Cut it right now. What's that? No. Let it rest. Stop. In fact, it's still cooking a little bit. Right, right. While it's sitting there, right. like, like, easy, big fella, don't, easy. Don't cut it. Don't poke it. Don't, don't, don't even look at it, it too hard. Yeah, don't, All right? Don't look don't at it. Don't even look at it too hard. Just let it, just let it rest. Yeah. Just let it chill, man. Just let it chill. Uh, all kinds of things on the table today, but our big Steelers-centric topic has been bounce back players. We talked a little bit about Juju in the last segment. Sticking with the offense here, Motsi. James Conner, I think it's – it's a similar conversation in a lot of ways as Juju, but also I think the the big caveat, the big difference, obviously, mm -hmm. is just the the injury history of the two Correct. guys. James Conner, for for whatever you want to blame it on, whatever you want to pin it on, if it's you know if you go the furthest example of oh he's just he's made out of glass, or you go the, the a complete opposite way of it's been really bad luck, it's just acute injuries, mm -hmm. he'll be fine. It, they need him to be available more, right? Because it's the oldest cliche in the book, but the best ability is availability. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess with James, it's, I always feel torn because I look at a young man who has missed time, mm -hmm. but then the thing is, even when he's not technically missing time, he still isn't 100% healthy. And I think it's such a drastic contrast than what we saw from Le'Veon, especially in those last two to three years here where – he just seemed like Iron Man in terms of the amount of touches he was able to have over a season and still be there. But I tell people this too, man. Think back to Le'Veon's first two years. He had that same label on him. Can right. he stay healthy? That's true. Can he produce at this level consistently? Is he a flash in the pan? Is this guy made of glass? I mean, we heard it all the time. And we would get frustrated because we could see how hard he was working. We knew what he was capable of. And some of the injuries were fluky. Like when Vontez Burfick dragged him from behind – and he tore his knee up. Like, it, it was a fluky type thing. It wasn't nothing that 
oh, he's soft because that happened. Right. Like, he couldn't control that. And I see similar things when I look at James. I say to myself, man, I know how hard this kid works. I know what he's capable of as well. But I also understand that, man, in the NFL, injuries do happen, especially when you got that football. We say, I mean, Coach Tomlin always equated the football to a live grenade, man. Like, yep. it attracts a lot of attention. <laughs> Be careful with it, all right? Because it's going to get really, really bad. But when we're talking about James in that vein, I look at a guy that, like I said, man, I know when he's healthy what he's capable of. You know once he's out there what he can do. And some of the stuff has been very fluky. But I do think that he has to find a way, and I don't know what that may be, if it's increasing his flexibility, hmm. if it's working on some of you know the, the different angles that he could put his body into. I don't know what that is, but you do have to find some ways to protect yourself a little bit better. And then also, you can go with the smarter approach, too. You see some of the uh, – I forgot which running back it was. I mean, they would, they would get on him all the time, but like every once in a while, they, they figure out a way to take care of themselves, whether it's, all right, Instead of taking that extra hit, let's get out of bounds right here. Instead right. of fighting for those two, three, four more yards, all right, let's let's take it easy right here. Like let's get down, mm-hmm. play the next play. Those are some of the things that he might could consider. It's and it's a difficult thing to do, but when we're just trying to figure out ways to keep him healthier and keep him on the field more, those are some of the things that pop up. But also, Kevin Colbert this all season has stated that they do plan on taking back some of the touches that James has had. They're anticipating him right. having a, a reduced workload. And, and that's interesting to me. Especially during contract year as well. So right. I, I think it's a, a lot. There's that, a lot that plays into that that it makes it interesting. Is, man. The contract year, the fact that, right, we know traditionally that's just not how Mike Tomlin likes to operate. Hey, man, he rides the high hand. He likes to have his bus and he rides those wheels Listen, till they fall off. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you mentioned, too, with, with the touches. I think this is important to note because a lot of people, right, they bring up James Conner's in, is it inavailability? Unavailability? Unavailability. Unavailability? Okay. Lack, lack of availability. Lack of, that's, that's what we'll go with. Yeah. Lack of ava- availability. Which, hey, again, you could. It, it is what it is on paper in terms of the games and the time that he's missed. But I think of two years ago, right, when he was a pro bowler, James Conner that season played 13 games, regular mm-hmm. season games for the Steelers. He was top 10 in the league in touches. That right there, to me, just alludes to the fact, the whole run the wheels till they fall off type thing, that like I think that's probably part of the reason why he's had some of these injuries too is because he's getting the ball so much and that's the way that the Steelers like to operate with their running backs with all of this in a contract year and, and all these considerations and, and how we know Mike Tomlin likes to do business again but with some of the things that Kevin Colbert has said. I don't know, Motsi. To me, I'll tell you this, right? You, you, you hear this. It's one of the oldest cliches in the book. Anybody who ever played high school sports or got in any trouble in high school heard this <laughs> heard this from a coach or a principal or a guidance counselor or a parent the definition of insanity right mm-hmm. when you keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result yes that's all that i come down with for this season is that i i don't want the steelers to be insane i don't want them to come back and do the same thing and then expect a different result so if it's going to be a a bigger uh a bigger sharing of the load by benny snell or anthony mcfarland or fine right if, if it's going to be whatever you're trying to do to to keep James healthy to have him get less touches fine but I just I would not like the Steelers to roll into August or September being insane and expecting a different result yeah I definitely agree with you on that man and I think also you have to have the discipline not only as a coaching staff but organization I mean if you're talking about Kevin Colbert and all these guys you all have to be on the same page and fully commit to hey, I understand in the heat of the moment we want to do this, but 
this is what we need to do to ultimately give us more long-term success because we've seen now multiple years where it starts off hot and then he's not able to finish the year out. I think that's something that they're definitely going to have to heavily consider and actually fully commit to. Now, I don't want to take it all the way to the point of what we saw the Rams do with Ty Gurley where he was on a legit, it looked like pitch pitch count, count, even to the point where some of these games it might have cost him. We saw when they were playing the Steelers how Gurley was having a ton of success and then it was like, all right, you're not allowed to touch the the ball no more. Like, I don't want to take it to that extent, but I do think it's something that they really have to commit to and be very cautious of in terms of making sure that James is available throughout the duration of the season and not just, hey, he dressed for this game, but he only played nine right. snaps. He right. wasn't able to continue. Like, I don't want to see that. Six or seven touches. Right. Like, we need to really see him be able to contribute. It's a lot to balance. And, hey, that's why they get paid the big bucks. Right, yes, baby? Indeed. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler rolling along here, hour number two. When we come back, it's Thursday. Uh-oh. Excuse me. I'm like, Uh-oh. I don't know what I got going on here. I got some indigestion. All this talk about smoking meats, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the burps here. Uh, when we come back here, it's a Thursday, so that you know that means some things around these parts. We'll have a little three-question Thursday when we return. We'll get to your tweets. We got some rolling in here uh, from Steven. We got a quarterback question from Lil' J&B. We'll get to all of that here oh, in the next 35 minutes or so. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Ah, a little three questions. You know, I do that. Every time I do that, (laughs) every time I do that, ah, I'm like, wait a second. That's Colin Cowherd's thing. I can't do that. I'm like very... I like your style. Yeah, I'm very, I don't know, were you like this as a football player, like worried about stepping on somebody else's toes? Particularly like someone like Callen Callhart, who's well, Callhart, well, who's like a national radio put guy. Put it like this, I didn't view it as stepping on somebody's toes. I just never wanted to be viewed as, oh, he's, just copy, a copycat. he's, he's a copycat. I want to be me. Right. So like, like I wouldn't wear my socks certain ways because I'm like, oh, he wears his socks that way. Or he has his towel hanging on this side. I'm yes. going to do mine this way. Like, like For example, yes. you and I are both brawn guys. Mm-hmm. But I never liked how he did the Jordan the powder toss. Yeah, because yeah. that's Jordan. It's just Correct. that's Jordan's thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so I'm always I'm always careful with that when I'm on the ring. I don't want to steal. And I don't want to hear I'm paying thing. homage. No, no, no. Yeah, that's I right. I don't want to hear that. That's right. All right. So be you. Be you. Exactly. That, that's the way to do it. You know. That's the way to do it. We're about uh, 20 minutes away from letting you be you and getting to your questions here on Twitter at West Sealer at the Body 52. The Body. That's where Moach just gets to be you, baby. Be me. That's all I do. We'll get to those questions here in just a few minutes. But first, it's a little three-question Thursday, a three-pack of questions for Arthur Motes that you can also chime in as well, obviously, on the Twitter.com. All right, Motesy, I got one football, one Steelers-related. Uh-oh, here we go. One that's kind of football-related, but outside the box. Okay. And another one that's just a, a, a sportsy sports radio debate. Oh, uh, man. You got me excited and nervous all, right. all in one. So the first one, we'll go with the Steelers-centric question first, obviously, here, since this is Steelers Nation Radio. This is Steelers Blitz. We are a Pittsburgh Steelers show. Steelers. The decade is over, Arthur Motes. Who was the best Steelers first-round pick of last decade? Oh, there's some big mm. names. Hey, Hayward and DeCastro and Pouncey and Shazier and Bush and Dupree. 
And what? And what? Oh, she's going to leave him off? I knew there was a big name. I was like, wait a second. I mean, uh, in the past decade, who in have the they? Past decade, I'm trying to think, who, so, they, who do they miss on "quote unquote" miss? You would say Artie, Jarvis, Artie, because Lima Sweetie, he wasn't a first rounder. No, he was second rounder. Second yeah. rounder. So yeah, those, those are really the only, the only two. two. Yeah, yeah. And Devin Bush, obviously, it's still way. He's still too, young. It's still, yeah, yeah. That's but I think his the success that he's had in one season compared to like what you yes. saw from Jarvis or Artie. In I mean, I have a great relationship with those guys, but when you're comparing his one season. I mean, the success that he had, those two guys never came close to in terms of impact on the field, right. national recognition. Right. I mean, it was never in that same vein. Who else? Was that it? So we can we – I can, mean, we might have named 10 right there, right? 10 was uh, Hayward, correct? No, no, no. 10, ten, ten was Pouncey. was Pouncey. It was Pouncey, then Hayward. Hayward. Yep, you're right. Pouncey, Pouncey Hayward. then Hayward, then DeCastro. DeCastro. Then it was Jarvis in 14. Then it was Jarvis was, – would have been 13. 13. 14. Yeah, yeah, Jarvis was 13 because that was my last year in Buffalo. 14, bud? Yes. No, 14 was Shazier because that was my first year. I, I remember I was That's like, yo, right. That's you right. Jeff this guy, like, what's That's going right. on? Yeah, uh, yeah. so 14 was Shea. Mm -hmm. 15 was Bud. Yep. 16, Artie. Yep. 17 would have been who? 17 would have been Edmonds. Year. No, 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 no. 17 was TJ. Was TJ. 18 Edmonds. Edmonds. And then, and then 19, 19 Bush. Bush. Yep. Okay. And so to even – I think there's four – right, obviously Shazier for the, the injury conversation. It's 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 along the lines of Devin Bush but a different – like there's just yes. not the, the full decade of body of work. I mean, there. I already know who, who I, I'm picking. I'm just throwing it out there. Who is it? I mean, he was only a part of the best draft class in NFL history. 2010. Ooh. First round pick. Marquise Pouncey, a part of that same draft hey. class that included Jewish Truly. Forgive me for being biased, but I got to roll with it. I mean, this is a future Hall of Famer in my book. You look at what he's been able to do pre- and post-injury. Yeah, I mean, this dude, you talk about a guy who's been able to handle adversity, a guy who's been able to continue to be highly successful, change that position in terms of some of the things that he's able to do. And then also from an impact standpoint, I always say this, man, as a defender, it's easy to get talked about. Cam Hayward, like we talk about him, is easy to get talked about. When we talk offensive line, that is not an easy position to get. It's not very sexy. In. No one wants to be offensive lineman. Nobody talks offensive lineman. If, if I ask you to name ten starting centers in the NFL, good luck. But when we talk about Marquise Pouncey, he's done so much in his career that he's one of those household names now. People know Marquise Pouncey. When you talk centers, they say, "Oh yeah, Marquise Pouncey. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a dog. He, he can ball." Like. So he's been able to accomplish that through his success in the NFL, through the Pro Bowls and the All-Pros that he's been associated with. Even when the offensive line wasn't good, he was still the bright spot. And I can tell you firsthand playing against him when I was in Buffalo, we would look at the Steelers offensive line and say, man, they're a joke. But that center, he's a problem. Like, you, everybody else is going to win. He, he's going to win his, though. Hmm. All right? He, he's a problem. So – that's for me why I would say that I would put him as the number one. Then I think number two would definitely be Cam Hayward. I think him and TJ Watt, you debate. TJ has the shorter body of work, but when you talk from a national standpoint, what he's been able to accomplish is crazy in such a short span. But when you look at Cam's full body of work, mm -hmm. for me, I like to lean more on longevity. I know some people would differ. Some people sure. rather take – TJ's only had three years right. compared to these other guys that have had eight, nine, ten years. So that's my thing. Like some people will look at two to three years of being quote unquote 
the best or one of the best at your position over a guy who has a decade of being top five at his position. For me, give me the decade worth of top five versus only two to three hmm. years of being that. And that's just kind of how I view it and weigh it. Because even with TJ's success, these past two years, he's been in that conversation of, you know, top three at his position. Year one, he was really good, but he wasn't in that same vein. Sure. Whereas with Cam Hayward, he's been in that conversation now for a, a good little while. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like he's just getting better and better, which is the man. crazy part about it. So for me, that's my whole you know, thought process with that And when it comes to those two guys. So one is Pouncey, two is Cam, three is TJ, and then from there we can go down the list. Okay. So we have the same one and two. Okay, I've got Pouncey one. I've got Cam Hayward two. I went to Castro three. Watt four again. I mean, just for the Castro has been phenomenal as well, man. Yeah, yeah. But for like, it was hard for me. Pouncey or Hayward? That was you know I was thinking about this when I was driving down here. Yeah, Uh, but eight Pro Bowls for Pouncey, five All Pros. And that's with missing 13 and 15, a lot of significant time due to injury still. Very tough. And, hey, listen, don't get me wrong. There's The, the legacy of defense with the Steelers has always been there, and Cam Hayward's had to live up to that, and, and the Steel Curtain, and just kind of the the era of Steelers football that Cam Hayward kind of you know has ushered in the, the last era into this new era. But, dude, that's center position for the Steelers. I mean, you want to talk about a legacy position. Uh, from Webster to Dawson to Hardings, I mean that is a legacy position the names for the Steelers. associated with that position. Right, center again, is like I realize, linebacker. I, I get it. I realize like, that like, it's, there's like a lot of positions like that for the Steelers on defense too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's it. That's it. Center linebacker. They're both. Yeah. I mean, like you said, for the Steelers though, it's just Hall of Famer gosh. after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. Been a very very fortunate franchise. Man. Pouncey came in as a rookie and just ran with that. I mean, his rookie year, he was he was the best center in football. Absolutely. How many players can you remember coming in as a rookie and even being in the conversation as the best player at their position? Like he was like clear cut, hands down, like that's since, the best. Center. Since Pouncey, I remember one, Derwin James. Yeah. People were talking about Derwin James week by week four of his rookie year. They were saying this guy might be the best safety in football. See, but that's the only one I can think of. Because I was like, even with Patrick Willis, he was in the conversation, but it was still going to be Ray Lewis. You still right. had, and it was more know, so his second year. They were like, correct, all right, Patrick Willis, correct. this dude is like to come in year one. Like that's tough. Yeah, maybe um, Zeke could have been in that conversation a little bit. Zeke yeah, Elliott gets a good call. Good call. Uh, the linebacker from the Colts. Oh, 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 Darius uh, Leonard. Darius yeah, Leonard. Yeah, yeah, he could ball. But I still think with him, though, he still wasn't viewed as the best because it was That's always true. the Bobby Wagner, the Luke Keekleys. And he was playing a weird kind of hybrid yes, inside yes. and outside role. Yeah. So I think even with that. Like, That's a great point. But, yeah. It's, it's different. It's so You're talking hard. about a guy it's comes so in as year one. like And just to even be in the conversation. Correct. Like year one. Zeke's a good like, call. Zeke's a good call by you. Because Zeke, Zeke definitely, definitely came in and it became – Who's better, him, Le'Veon, or they threw in David Johnson? Remember David that, Johnson? Yeah, that whole right. time? We was like, uh... one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, David. Uh, uh, sorry, Pouncey, eight Pro Bowls, five All Dude. Pros, and like you said, that's with him missing time, multiple seasons, man. Yeah, I, you say thirteen and fifteen, but I even think, oh man, what, what year was it? He still missed some time. Was it fourteen? Yeah. I mean, and think about it, 2010, right? He missed the Super Bowl against yeah. the Packers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, Doug Ligurcy had to start for that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so I go Hayward 2. Then I had DeCastro 3, Watt 4, again, just because of the, the timing. Yeah. But, De- I mean, DeCastro's another one quietly. You know, that dude. Bro, he's putting together a Hall of Fame caliber. Five Pro Bowls, three yeah. All Pros. Like, yeah. When you, when you look at 
the accolades associated with those guys, man, they are racking them up. They really are. I mean, those two. It's and like you said, it's hard to do that as an offensive yeah. lineman. It's, I mean, think about as successful as the Castro has been. He still wasn't viewed as the number one guard in the league. Like, right? It's tough. I mean, he wasn't even viewed as the number one guard in the division. They were always saying that's yonder. That's true. Like, just put it in perspective. Like, but we're talking about Pouncey Day. Like, as soon as he got in the league, it's like, yo, that that's the best center. Like, period. Yeah, that's a that's a great trump card for him to have in his back pocket <laughs> over to Castro and Hayward. Hayward too. You know what I really like too. We, I, I talked about this. Almost so weird. He's got this Benjamin Button thing going on where he's oh, like yeah. getting better as he gets older. Uh, he's got 54 career sacks. Cam Hayward does. Mm-hmm. 29 of those 54 have come over the last three years. Years oh, yeah. seven, eight, and nine of his tenure. That's pretty he's crazy. Balling, man. But TJ Watt obviously set up well to uh, to be right there with those other three. I think. TJ Watt, because he's so young right now, he has a chance to surpass everyone if he can sustain it. But that's the thing that makes what Pouncey and Hayward and DeCastro have done so impressive. The fact they've been able to do it for so long right. through the injuries. You think about uh, Cam Hayward, he tore his pack, he missed a year. Like everyone has on that list has missed, outside of DeCastro, has missed a significant amount of time due to injury. It's tough. And it's tough to do it year in and year out where. It's not like you're getting any younger, and it's not like the competition is the competition is getting any easier either. Like it, it, it goes the opposite. It gets harder the older you get. The competition gets better the longer you play. But those guys are still finding ways to kick butt and still finding ways to stay at the top of their position from a national standpoint, not not just a team standpoint, not just a divisional yeah. standpoint, a national standpoint. That's that says a lot. Yeah, and I think when you look at it, like when I was looking at a lot of those names, right? I mean. I think a lot of NFL organizations in a decade to come away with Hayward, Pouncey, DeCastro, and Watt alone, right? Wow. Then when you consider, I mean, Ryan Shazier, let's be real. I mean, that's a slam dunk home what? run pick, too. If, 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 if it's He's a potential Hall of Fame career. If, Absolutely. If, if, if he never gets hurt. If you're hitting 50% of your time on draft picks like that, I mean, and, that's, and that, that just, doesn't. I didn't even mention Bud Dupree. Right, I mean, and, that, and that's just first rounders, right? Like that's crazy. That's, a lot of teams are, are a lot of teams are shooting bad in the first round. Mm-hmm. You, you, if we look at our percentage, it's like the Browns, for example, and their percentage oh. are first rounders. Who and they've had more first rounders. Let's be real about it. Higher quality in terms of the the where they're picking these first rounders. When you look at who's been hitting and who's been missing, I mean, it's crazy to look at that. It, it really is, and I think when you kind of step back and look at it. If you know if Artie Burns and Jarvis Jones are your your bad picks, it could certainly get a lot worse. Oh no, than question. Those guys. I mean, shoot, you look at Jarvis and Artie; they both had what four years in the with the team. You you go to Cleveland, man. Some of these guys, first round picks, one overall, top five, top ten, three seasons cut, two seasons gone. You know what's crazy about this? So what made me think of this? Right, the NFL.com and everyone in that works in football is. Is right is is starving for content right Correct. now. Is is manufacturing content? NFL.com did uh, the best top the, the best number one picks yeah, of I the saw, past I decade. Mm-hmm. Okay, so their top six was Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, Miles Garrett, Kyler Murray. Which that's really weird to have him there after, after one year. One year yeah. Jared Goff five, Jadavian Clowney six. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Modes, and I get that this is a little unfair because what three, four of those guys are quarterbacks, so it, it's an unfair comparison. But of those six, or Pouncey, DeCastro, Hayward, Watt, Bush, and Edmonds, who would you take? Exactly. Like <laughs> not even close. And those and, and, are all number. And again, well, I get it, it's there's four quarterbacks in there. But, so but it's a they also but, but but they also that list you're talking about they did it solely based on number one 
overall correct. picks too. Correct. Whereas we're talking just first round Steelers picks. first round picks. Right, which is different. But, I mean, I think with the Kyler Murray thing, I, I'm very hesitant to put a guy after one year into the top five or whatever because Heck I yeah. look at RG3. RG3 out the gates? I mean, he like he was going to change the game. He was going to be the next Vic or or better. And we saw how that whole thing transpired after that. So, for me, I'm ne- I'm very hesitant to just crown a guy after one or two seasons, man. You know what, too? This That list, these top six of Newton, Luck, Murray, Goff shows me. It, man, being the first overall pick maybe isn't always that it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Cam Newton's had, you know, he's had organizational craziness. He's looking for a job. Andrew Luck, his organization failed him so much that he retired. I mean, you look at Goff. Jared Goff. Go- I mean, Goff is just, Pinocchio. He's the puppet. Just, they're just giving yeah. away first-round draft picks every year. It's, uh, it's, it's a wonder why, you know, the guys like the Deshaun Watsons and the Patrick Mahomes and the Ben Roethlisbergers mm-hmm. that get drafted outside of the top 10 to better organizations. It works way better for them. Works man. way better for them. I definitely think there's a little something to that, certainly. All right, let's catch up here. Uh, three question Thursday, question number two. Who wins the, uh, the lawsuit of all lawsuits, Arthur Modes, Vince McMahon or Oliver Luck? Have you seen this? I am unaware of this. Okay, so okay. so Vince McMahon fired Oliver Luck from the XFL, right? When the XFL yeah, but co- due disbanded. to the COVID nineteen, right? Yeah. Oliver Luck is now suing Vince McMahon for uh for wrongful termination. Okay, and Vince McMahon has laid out his three reasons for termination. The first, gross neglect of the job once the coronavirus pandemic began. According to Vince McMahon, Oliver Luck effectively abandoned his responsibilities when the league shut down on March thirteenth. Number two is signing wide receiver Antonio Callaway, former Brown, because Vince McMahon clearly stated that he did not want any NFL players signed to the XFL that had been uh, in violation of the NFL substance abuse policy. And number three, Oliver Luck's personal use of an XFL-issued iPhone. I do think it's hilarious <laughs> that Vince McMahon, of all people, oh, wanted a morality clause in, in this who these guys are signing and not signing. <sighs> but who's uh, Oliver Luck or Vince McMahon? Who you got? Jeez. Uh, Signing wide receiver Antonio I mean, Cla- technically, Callaway. Technically, technically, <laughs> Vince McMahon. They did have a contract. <laughs> technically, there were rules in this contract, and technically, both sides agreed to this contract. <laughs> so, from a law standpoint, if we both agree, hey, Wes, the contract states we'll come do this radio show, but you have to make sure your hair is cut two inches oh and, and you sign off on it oh when you show up to work with four inches of hair technically as as minute as it may be mm. we both agreed upon it and you are in breach of that contract you're in violation of it and we did this for a reason regardless of if it was me feeling like hey this is going to be the best move for the organization whatever it may be the contract states what it states so with that being it's said ironclad so with that being said for all you fans out there that are quick to point to nfl players and say hey don't ask for more money don't hold out it's a contract keep that same energy baby oliver <laughs> you're loving that keep, <laughs> you should see keep, the smile on keep that same right energy now. oliver you know what i'm saying you you broke the contract keep that same energy <laughs> You signed it, right? Yeah. Oh, bye, bye. You signed it. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't have to sign it. You ain't have to sign the contract. That's you, I thought that's where you were going you know? Yeah, you had options. You didn't have to come work for the XFL and Vince McMahon. That's how I feel about it. You signed the contract, player. 
listen, we, we could we could talk a lot about the uh, the morality of Vince McMahon, but I think one thing we could all agree on is that from a business perspective, hey. his contracts are always ironclad. Yes. It's, you don't become successful like that by not having great contract yeah. work, man. Yeah. Three question Thursday. Question number three. All right, Motes. Oh, I, who you siding with, though? You, you didn't answer that. Well, see, this is tough with me because Oliver Lux, a former Mountaineer, you know? I mean, Hey, he, man, he's a contract breaker legend, that's apparently. The, when my parents were in school, that was the quarterback of the Mountaineers was Ollie Lux. Ah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Vince, Vince McMahon's going to win. He broke the contract. Can't break something. the contract. Yeah. I do think it's funny, though, the personal, use of the, the personal <laughs> use of the iPhone thing. Wait, wait, wait. Like, who were you doing? Use it? Right, right. Like, what? Did he like? Did he call Andrew from his work iPhone? <laughs> is that is that, like, crossing the line Were there? you looking at his browser history on the work iPhone? <laughs> like, maybe, what's going you know, on was here? he doing some things on the work iPhone he shouldn't have been doing? Oh, uh, mm. well, I mean, you know, some, some coaches that are coaching at Christian schools now have a little history, a little track record of <laughs> improper use of iPhones and stuff like that. You never know. Yeah. Hugh, huh. rhymes with the huh. opposite of a, a heat wave. Huh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a freeze. Interesting. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Listen, Vince, again, you can debate how good of a dude he is and all that stuff till the cows come home, but ironclad when it comes to his business. More, more often than not, that's part of why he's been able to, to do what he's done with wrestling. Uh, last one here. Arthur Motes, I don't know if you've seen this, but last night and this morning, it was uh, I think it was like SB Nation put out a tweet that's kind of been – you know, doing the rounds on everybody's Twitter profiles, asking what is the hottest sports take that you have that you'll never let go, that you could never be convinced otherwise. I have two Ooh. if you need a second to think. I've got yeah, two. Yeah, i got to think about this one. Okay. My first one is that that Bobby Orr, the, the flying goal that he scored for the Boston Bruins, is like okay. the most overrated sports moment in history. Mm, the okay. Bruins dominated the Blues in that series. They swept yeah. them in four games. Yes, that was the overtime of game four, but this was also, Motsi, when there was eight teams in the National Hockey League. Right. All right? The Bruins were going to win that series regardless of what happened in that game. And, yes, it's a really cool picture. Bobby Orr scores the goal, right? right? As he's getting tripped, he scores the overtime goal for the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup. But it wasn't some big epic moment. It's a cool picture that's gotten blown out of context. Now, now are you mad because it's a Boston dude? What if it was like Sid the Kid doing this thing? Would it be different? Well, maybe. <laughs> so one, my one hottest sports take that I'll never let go is that that Bobby Orr moment is the most overrated moment in the history of hockey. The other one, Motes, you know this well because you and I have talked about this, is that the the crowd that loves to say Michael Jordan would average 40 points in today's NBA. Oh, man. My hottest take is, okay, that's fine. Then LeBron James would be the greatest defensive specimen we've ever seen in any sport. Because if LeBron James could play defense like Bill Lambeer played defense. If LeBron could hand Nobody check. would score. <laughs> nobody. Six foot eight LeBron out there manhandling yeah. dudes. Are you kidding me? Good luck. Jeez. Those are my two hottest sports takes. I like I'll, those. Man. That I'll never let go of. Oh, man. The, I've never actually thought about this before. This is different. Bobby Orr moment, overrated. Oh, man. And if you want to say all those things about scoring points and those and guys like Larry Bird and Michael Jordan would have averaged 40 in today's NBA, fine. But then admit that guys like oh, man. guys like LeBron James, you, know, you wouldn't have been able to score on that dude. Could you imagine Ron Artest playing defense in the NBA in the 80s? Gosh. No one would have gotten a bucket. That's crazy. Ron Artest would have got charged with homicide. <laughs> Assault with a deadly weapon. Just him. <laughs> like, could, could you imagine Patrick Beverly guarding Isaiah Thomas ooh, in the 80s? Like, You're right. <laughs> okay. Those are my two. All right. If I had to think of sports hot take. Jeez. Um, 
I have no clue. You know what? I, I will say the malice in the palace needs to happen more often. That, 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 would, that would be my hot take. I feel like that doesn't happen enough. Where Yours is, yeah, players should be allowed to swing back at fans. Absolutely. And not be and not be viewed as bad guys or thugs because of it. Because no, I receive great pleasure one. watching those guys go up in them stands and whoop on them fans <laughs> in, in, in the most iconic play in Jermaine O'Neal's history of his career is him sliding in and knocking that dude out. Like that was that was by far the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So for me, that would be my sports hot take. As a professional athlete or a former professional athlete, I've had plenty of fans say some unsavory things or some things. I'm just kind of like, I should clamp in this stands and really show you what's up. Mm-hmm. So that would be my hot one. take. That, that needs I to like, happen more I often. I like that one. That should happen more often. Folks, to peel back the curtain here a little bit. Last year during the NBA Finals, if you'll recall, there was a uh, a game yes. in Golden State. Yes. In Golden State where I believe it was a Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, yep. Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry like, goes to the sideline to save the ball, right, and mm-hmm. ends up kind of, you know, in the lap of some of the people there well, in the courtside seats. One of the uh, owners. Yeah, Ma- minority. minority. One of, like, majority. The, you know, one of the guys who owns just a couple percent of the Golden State Warriors. Which is still pretty awesome, Which is, way. Which is, I mean, yeah, it's still pretty pretty sweet. Uh, I'd like to own like 2 or 3% of the Steelers or the, the Penguins or something right. like that. That'd be pretty sweet. Um it was one of yeah one of the minority owners of the Golden State Warriors who's sitting there courtside. It was he shoved Lowry, correct? Multiple times. He got a little yeah. handsy. With a, Larry. That's the way. That's yes. the good way to put it. He got a little handsy with Lowry. It wasn't a, a one shove. It was like a. He's like, oh, okay, you you with the extras. And okay. we came in that day, Arthur Motes and I. My man Motes was steaming. He goes, Listen. he goes. I wish we could do a two hour show today on fans, on just unruly fans. I could talk about this for two hours. They they wanted to call Kyle Lowry soft. For reporting it, I said if Kyle Lowry would have turned around and gave him that same energy, matched that intensity, you'd all be calling from to go to jail. He's a thug. He's terrible. That's assault. Sue him. But Kyle Lowry, on the other hand, says, "Hey, look, man, this dude hit me. He pushed me. This is not what it's supposed to be. Just like, what's sit this there about?" And take it. Oh yeah, hey, you soft. You soft. You, you soft. Just go, come on, man. You soft. No, that's that? that's not where I expected you to go with this, but I like it a lot, and that, I know that that that's, is something. That's yes. something you truly believe. I, I, wholeheartedly, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Get your tweets in now. Uh, Don Juan, Stephen, David, Lil J and B. We see them all. We'll get to them when we wrap up the show in our final segment. Inside the Electric Factory, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show, you know what that means. It's time to get to them tweets. Them tweets. Got to get them tweets going. Got to get them tweets going. We got to get something going that you and I can talk about from a, a lines and odds perspective, <laughs> a gambling perspective here once For in a while. For all those DJs out here in the world. I know. I mean, come on. We When we come back next week, uh, every single day, I mean, we got to find something to do with the Friday. What's the guts to get the paper? How can we get the paper? Our buddy Lil JMB55 says, tell Moats I miss you guys so much. Well, we miss you too, man. Miss you big time, man. Shout out to that 55 on your thing too, man. And he says, can you and Motes talk or comment about how all these national people have been slamming Benjamin Roethlisberger? Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. They're real quick to blame him for all that Antonio Brown and Lev Bell stuff. Interesting. Now all of a sudden, it's, it's real quiet on that front. 
But I, I think it's funny all these people that Mozi are coming out, like the national people that have come out and said that the Steelers won't get another quarterback just because of Big Ben. They don't want to hurt his feelings. Right. Like, like that's like a mutual exclusive decision that only gets made in Pittsburgh. Right? Like, we didn't see a backup quarterback get shipped out in New England. Like, we didn't see Come a backup on, quarterback get shipped out in Philadelphia, Come one who had on, just man. won the Super Bowl. Come on, man. But listen, I... I will say this. Here's what I always say when people ask for my opinion, because it's funny, you know, if, if you would ever come hang out at training camp for, you know, for a long period of time in the radio, because you've been at training camp plenty of times. But I mean, on the radio side of things, one of the most popular things when people come up to us to chat at training camp, right, is people want to know like about that, the national media disconnect that it seems with the, you know, with the Steelers and, and their fans and the local media as to when the national media talk about the Steelers. Moats, you could probably, obviously, as a former player, uh, touch on this, you know, in, in a different way. But I just feel like Pittsburgh is not New York or Chicago right. or L.A. or Philly or Dallas. Yeah. But its football team is on the same level as those markets, right? So yes. even though Pittsburgh is, is, is at the 21st or 22nd biggest market in the United States – the football team gets talked about like a top five market. Yes, They absolutely. talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers like they play in New York or like they play in L.A. or like they play in Chicago. When people don't have the sources, when national people don't have the sources here in Pittsburgh like they do in New York and L.A. and Chicago. That, to me, I think is where some of the disconnect is. They just don't have the sources in Pittsburgh like they do when they're talking about the Giants or they're talking about the Eagles or they're you know, talking about the Dallas Cowboys. No, man, you're absolutely right. And, and I think... A lot of times that leads largely to the misrepresentation yes. of the players of the organization. It's it's funny how that works, man, because like you said, the team is talked about as if they are in this just gigantic market, but it's not. And in those, gig and like in those gigantic markets, things get leaked out much easier. There's yeah. a lot more of that kind of gossip column well, type and, stuff and to talk so about. so many more people covering those that teams. Too. Yeah. The amount of people from a radio or print standpoint or a digital standpoint compared to, I mean, when you're talking about Pittsburgh media, I mean, we can all name everybody that covers the team. Right. Around right. right. Like, we, we know them all. We, we know them all. all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, that's him. That's him. That's him. That's him. That's him. All right. All right. Oh, and he's the new guy. Got you. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of times then when we see people in the national media without much of a background, they'll just jump on. Oh, well, Kevin Colbert must be a racist. <laughs> When they right. don't, when they don't look at the fact right, that right. They, he made Marquise Pouncey the highest paid center in football before he had to. Yes, I mean you know, before they they paid Antonio Brown twice before they had to. Absolutely, a lot of people forget that. But the third time, oh, they must be racists. Yeah, I just that's where I think a lot of the disconnect is. People want to evaluate the Steelers like they have a bunch of sources and like they have a bunch of mouthpieces in Pittsburgh, like it's a New York or, or, or like it's a Chicago, and it's just not. No, yeah, absolutely. That's why right, that's man. why we love it too, because it's not like one of those those massive places. Well, shoot, for us, man, it makes our life a lot easier because we get to control the market. We get to dominate the mm, market. That's right. We don't have to compete with fifty eleven hundred thousand other Steeler Nation radios. <laughs> and it's true. Steeler this true. and Steeler that. Like, Don nah. Juan Yeah, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. It's crazy. <laughs> uh Don Juan uh says you're talking about bounce back players with on offense. I'm going with V Mac, Vance McDonald. That's a good Ooh. one. And we had a couple people ask to it as well, too. David uh David and Don Juan mentioning to it. I left him out of the conversation just because his is more so just from an injury. I, I put was, I put to it and been in the same category. Yes. If you're coming back from a major injury, I don't really look at it as a bounce back. When you say back. bounce back, it's more from a disappointing Correct. performance. Yeah, because yeah. both of those guys, I mean, anything they do 
this next year is going to be a bounce back because right. they just weren't available right. out there due to the major injuries. Whereas with James Conner, the reason why we put him in this category is because he didn't necessarily have the one injury to keep him out for a substantial amount of time. It was more the he's available, but he's not as productive due to the nagging injuries that he was dealing with. But because he was still able to show up and play, it's a different perspective for me. Steven talking about, uh, you know, in our meats conversation here, rediscovering the wonders of crockpots. Oh, Ooh. that's a good call. Yeah. So he does pulled pork fajitas spaghetti sauce and makes a pork roast with kraut. Interesting. Ooh, okay, okay. Ooh, that sounds pretty good there. Okay. That sounds pretty Interesting. good. Uh, and then Thrash wants to know, oh, over under on you guys coming on my new podcast to talk video what? games, video games, music, and beer. Thrash, listen, I love hey. listen. That sounds great, too, because you know what's funny is like when I do podcasts and things like that with other people, yeah. I don't want to talk about football because that's all I talk yeah, about absolutely. 24-7. So if you want to yeah, talk absolutely. video games, music, and beer, Thrash, I'm available. Now, now you speak my language. Now you speak my language. Now you speak it to me, baby. 100%. That'll do it. For today's show. Thanks, Motsi. That was fun. Come on, man. Always a good time with you. You know that. If you missed it, uh, we'll be back on Monday. This whole Tuesday, Thursday thing, we got mm-hmm. upgraded. It's over. Let me, let me upgrade you. They said, man, we can't just have West on twice a week, man. We got to get up with some more time. We're blowing out the power grid, you know. They, they and had I'm to, just glad that I was hanging on to this coattails along for the ride. Had to keep the electric factory going uh, for more than, what, just four hours a week. So, yes, starting next week, every day. Noon to two. So we'll talk the ends then. We'll talk the ends Monday. Same time, same place. High noon, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.